Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a terrific episode for you guys. Um, Happy Father's Day. To any of the fathers that are out there listening to this episode, anyone uh, that is a father, especially of a Bills fan, is a Bills fan father, father of a Bills fan, uh, uh, happy Father's Day to you guys. Uh, I'd like to join my co-host, John, to the podcast. John, we haven't talked in a little while. Um, happy Father's Day to you. How are you doing? Doing great. Happy Father's Day to you as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peak off season. <laughs> I know it's June, mid June. Yeah, not, not too much going on. I'm. Yep. We got the training camp schedule up already. Been looking forward to that. Yeah. So there's a there's a, a, a several cool things that we're hoping to talk about um, in this episode. Uh, we're going to talk about Father's Day. Obviously, uh, I posted something on Twitter and got some really cool responses from some followers about um, how they became Bills fans or their fathers becoming, helping them become Bills fans. Um, we're going to talk about Bills training camp schedule. We're going to talk a little bit about Poyer and John has some really cool stats for Josh Allen, the Bills in general, some really cool things that uh, kind of put this next Bills season in perspective and just exactly where we are in the history of the team and, uh, and kind of how good it is in a way. Like it's it we all know it's good, but it's good to have that kind of statistical comparison to kind of show it from past seasons, from the history of the entire Buffalo Bills. I mean, you you uh, had sent it to this uh, over the weekend, um, all these really cool stats. So I look forward to going into this. So first of all, John, we mentioned Father's Day, Father's Day for a lot of Bills fans out there. Um, your own personal experience, you replied to this thread, um, and. You became a Bills fan from your father. Can you talk a little bit about that experience, how you became a Bills fan? We've probably talked about it at some point in the last five or six years that we've been podcasting together, but we've got a lot of new listeners now, a lot of diehard fans in the offseason, maybe people that haven't heard that. Um, how did you become a Bills fan? Yeah, I was. so I was definitely born into it. Um you know, I had Bill stuff since, you know, as far back as I can remember and uh, always got together with the family, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins. We did Bill's parties and then obviously Super Bowl parties and the whole nine yards and just, you know, collecting football cars and getting all your favorite Bill's players and, you know, just kind of from the ground up, you know, tossing the football around, hitting with, you know, doing the whole like, uh, you know, Kelly to, you know, 
Metzelars and the whole thing. And it's just, you know, there's just a, a weekly ritual and turned into a, a lifelong, I don't know if you can call it suffering, <laughs> but <laughs> the way the bills have been over the years. But uh, uh, no, it's, it, it, it's always been a lot of fun and, um, you know, it's a good way to bond too, you know. An obsession slash suffering, right? So, like, your family, so it's kind of similar to mine, the fact that, like, neither of us are from Buffalo. We live in the area. We live in western New York. But, like, you have family from Buffalo, right? Like, that's how your dad and uh, and mom became Bills fans, correct? Yeah, they're, they're both from Buffalo. Uh, and then, obviously, my extended family as well, so. So is that something that you still share with your father to this day? Like when you see him, you talk to him, you get together, family get togethers now. Like, do you ever talk bills with him still? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like a nonstop thing, right? Like that's, 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 that's just that bond. And now you have children as well. You have two young children. Um, when you look at when you and your wife were th- about to have children or think about having children, you talked about probably things like this, uh, being Bills fans, I mean, how important is it to you to kind of hand down this fandom from yourself, you know, to them, something that you guys can experience and bond together as as, as a family? It's extremely important. They very well can't be end up being Miami Dolphins fans now, can they? No, no, no. But if I'm not mistaken, I believe that you you mentioned that you wanted to name one of your children after Jim Kelly. And uh, I remember that because you're like, oh, it works better if it's a if it's a boy, it's Jim. If it's a girl, it's Kelly. (laughs) So that was something that you actually your wife squashed that, though. Is that correct? Yeah, that that didn't work out. (laughs) Well, so like I'll I'll share my experience in the fact that uh, like. Being a Bills fan, so I'm not a Bills fan because of my father. My father, like, you know, shared a lot of things with me, but his fandom for the Buffalo Bills is not one of them. That's just something I happen to get from my mom. I shared that on a Mother's Day episode last season. Um, if you search for under Buffalo Rumblings like Mother's Day, you'll, you'll probably find it. I had my mom and my sister on. Like, that's why I'm a Bills fan. Uh, my dad, like, kind of follows it, but not really, you know? It's kind of like how I follow the Sabres. Like, I follow it through word of mouth, but I don't watch them, you know what I mean? Like, I would root for them if I saw them. If they got far, I'd obviously root for them, but I'm just not as close of a fan. That's like my dad to the Buffalo Bills. So, uh, but uh, it's a bond I share with, like, my mom. Like, we just got together for Father's Day, and, you know, we're talking Bills, just like I'm sure you did with your dad and stuff like that. Um, But it's funny, and I know I've shared this story before on the podcast, but when we knew we were going to have our first, I remember inviting my parents to breakfast, my wife and I, and we said, oh, you know, we're expecting, and congratulations, it's a really fun time to be like a new expecting parent for the first time, and uh, they asked, of course, in true like, you know, old school fashion, like, have you guys thought about religion? And like, ah, kind of. I was like, but I definitely know that they're going to be he or she or whoever is going to be a Bills fan. <laughs> like that is, that's like religion for us. You know, like that's, we wouldn't have started a Bills podcast if it wasn't something that we thought about way too much. You know what I mean? Like some people are fans, some people, they think about it, you know, a little bit. Some people think about it all the time. Like we do, some people think about it way more than we do even, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that becomes part of your, your culture, part of your family heritage. And, um, 
my kids are young, just like your kids are. So like, they're just kind of starting to grow into their fandom. And, uh, you'll, so like, you'll text me things where like your daughter will like sing the shout song randomly, stuff like that. Right. Like you have things that like that you share with me and like, that's a cool story. Like those are fun times to be a parent. And, uh, you know, I think, I think it actually grows your love for the team a little bit, just having that. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, all those all those little things, it's just super cool and, you know, it's just great. Every time she wears a Bill shirt, like, doesn't that make you proud as a dad, right? <laughs> yeah, especially when they pick it out on their own. They're like, oh, oh. Today. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, you just gave me goosebumps. When they pick it out themselves, oh, wow. Wow, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I shared it on Twitter, but uh, my son for Father's Day today, um, without asking, uh, made me this like keychain out of art class. Now in art class, they made these like little tiny, like it's like melted plastic almost. And then they just kind of drew on them with marker. And he drew this Josh Allen riding a charging Buffalo that's pulling a wagon while he's throwing a football, which just so happens to be a touchdown. Cause he says it's a touchdown in the super bowl, uh, and he fit that all into like a, on like a, a four inch by, not even a four inch by four inch, just like a two inch by two inch, you know, keychain. And I'm just like, that's, this is amazing. Like, this isn't something I've pushed on them. Like, I, you know, I want them to be fans. So like I've rooted for them, but like, you know, I'm never like, you have to be this or I disown you. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not that hardcore. Uh, but that was something I did. And it was, it's like such a cool, moment it makes you closer to your children because you know we, you and i like we were listening to wgr we'd hear people talk about how they became fans because of their parents so it's kind of cool to see it in real life uh as it's happening to you it's just it's just a fun time so i'm gonna go over some of the tweets right now of some of the some of the really cool responses that we found on twitter um when I posted this, I didn't think it would get as much traction as it did, but it got a lot of retweets and likes and, and responses. And uh, so I'm going to share some of the best ones that I saw. So like I basically asked over Twitter, like how many Bills Mafia members are fans of the Bills because of their dads? And of course, being Father's Day was one of those times where, you know, you think about either, you know, your father that's still with you or maybe your father's not. And there's some really cool stories. So I wanted to share some of those with you. So Danny Z writes, uh, my dad raised me to, to love the Bills from as soon as I was old enough to. He was an amazing girl dad who let me play and love this sport. And we still have season tickets together to this day. Hashtag Bills Mafia, hashtag Father's Day. And she has pictures of um, her and her father with... Uh, <laughs> with the uh with a sign that says what freezes in buffalo what freezes in buffalo in january rivers which must have been a uh <laughs> a take on the colts game when the bills played the the colts um in the playoffs last year uh or two years ago rather um here's a picture of her father with ralph wilson when he was still alive um here's a picture of him it looks like now, John, you're our historian. That's looks like him driving a car right there, and then it looks like a famous Bills player there, like that's definitely out. a car. Yeah, it's a Buick. <laughs> it's a Buick. You can tell. By the <laughs> and there's a guy. I don't know. He might be. That might be for a parade of some sort. Like the guy, the guy who's in the back waving um, to the crowd has a Bills jersey on. It looks like number eighty-eight or something, but it's not Pete Metzlar's. That's just. It's just some guy maybe, but it's just a cool picture um, 
I'm sure it's someone famous. She never said that. But anyway, uh, that was cool. Patrick Vergona writes, first watched the Bills with him in Germany, and now we go to the draft every year to get together. Wow. That's cool. Adam Prezina writes, my father went to and told stories about the rock pile. Could see rich stadium lights from my grandmother's Lackawanna home in his childhood. Yeah, he helped a lot. Passed the passion on to my two boys. It shows his two sons with uh, Stefan Diggs jerseys. Yeah, one of those is signed, if I'm not mistaken. Jeez. Now, this is something you didn't tell me, John. You wrote on this one um, from a birth from a birth thing for sure. Had a Joe Ferguson shirt at eight months old. You did not share that with us just now. You had a Joe Ferguson shirt at eight months old. Really? Yeah. You know what's funny is like when I was older and like you know I'd flip through like old photographs and different things, and I come across the one when I was a baby. It's like, oh, number twelve, Jim Kelly. Yeah, I had a Jim Kelly shirt, but it was like before Jim Kelly was a. (laughs) 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 I was like, oh, wait a second. You're like, wait, Joe Ferguson. (laughs) (laughs) See, now, now you're just smart because what I would have thought is like, oh my God, was I, did I, was I the foreseen? Like, did I somehow tell that Jim Kelly was coming to Buffalo? Like, that's how I would have viewed it. So, uh, you're much smarter than I am. (laughs) Uh, PTRK Birdie writes, Dad took me and my siblings to a ton of games as kids, sat in the bowl for a lot of snow games, was a family affair when we got into the suite. Mom would come then. (laughs) That's how my mom is. My mom's like, if it's not indoors, I don't want to (laughs) go. Joy writes, I can't recall a day when I lived at home that my dad was not watching the Bills. He would often take me to games. I miss him, but his 90s Bills starter jacket comes out every game day to watch with me. That's cool. C-Star writes, I rooted for the Giants for three or four years. Then I moved in with my dad for high school, and he converted me to the truth that the Bills are the only real New York team. Ann Parker writes, she says, one of the best things I learned from my dad, go Bills always. Liz writes, she says, me, I started watching football with my dad when I was probably about three or four, but I didn't get super into it until a few years ago. My dad even dressed me up as a Buffalo Jill for Halloween when I was a toddler. I know I will not be sharing the pictures. <laughs> That's almost an old sentence right now, the, the Jills. We haven't had the Jills in like 10 years. Kathy said, we lived in the east side of Buffalo and we walked to the rock pile. Great memories of my dad. Could you imagine being that close to the stadium in Orchard Park, you would just walk there every Sunday. Do you think the real estate around One Bills Drive is that much more because of uh, the ability to just walk there to the stadium? Imagine if you didn't like football and you lived there and you had all this traffic every Sunday. <laughs> it sounds like the worst ever. You, like Those eight Sundays would be the worst days of the year. Like I'm just trying to get home. I have to wait for two hours in traffic just to get home. Leg- so Giga Chadzilla 69 writes, Legacy, I can remember my dad throwing our floor model Zenith TV off the porch at the end of Super Bowl 27, a.k.a. the Dallas game. Wish he was here to see these bills. And flat screen TVs, LOL. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to all of the bills fandom, the past and present. It's a good one. I should have ended on that one. That one was really good. Bruce writes, I'm... My dad took me to the rock pile back in the, in the late 60s. Been a Bills fan since 69. 
Victoria Cornair writes, my dad started the three generations of Bills fans in our family. He was born and raised there and attended games at the old rock pile, the first game at Rich Stadium. Go Bills. Does your dad have any stories of the rock pile, John? Going there, any of your uncles or family members or grandpa or whatever? Um, it's been a while since we've talked about, I remember like my grandparents saying stuff about like, you know, kids playing ball with like the players, like back in the sixties, just like out around, you know, wherever (laughs) and stuff like that. But I don't, I'm kind of hazy on the details. They were just playing like in their backyard. Like it was just, (laughs) I I, I guess so. I don't know. (laughs) It's so funny. You've been to the football hall of fame. If you ever look at those older, like, like pictures of the NFL, like back in like the forties, fifties, and maybe even part of the sixties, it looks like it's literally like at a high school field almost, doesn't it? <laughs> like it, yeah. it's nothing. And then after the, after the game, they probably went to work, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, they probably went to the steel mill, right? Like, <laughs> like Jack Kemp was probably yeah. So, so those were some really cool replies. Thank you, everyone, to who replied to us for that. Um, that was really cool to to see uh, and to read uh, on a personal level. And, you know, it's, it's just cool. We have our own things to share. It's Father's Day. You know, you kind of you, you kind of think of though, and, and it was really cool seeing people that, you know, we're thinking about, you know, parents that might not be with us, grandparents that might not be with us anymore. And yeah, yeah, this is, it's a, it's a great time to, uh, to reminisce and to think about the future. You know, people that don't have kids yet that are going to have kids someday, how they want to pass on their fandom if they even do. Um, yeah. Yeah, even even leaving, like I mentioned, my mom, you know, being Father's Day still, she was like, uh, man, think they're going to do it this year? And I was like, mom, I was like, they they need to do it this year. I was like, this is the best team that they've had. And you never know next season if they'll have a better roster on the team. You know, John, I've been asking people as they've come on the podcast, like just, is this the best roster that the Bills have ever had after free agency, after the draft, all the players that they've kept, all the player, new players that they've brought in and all even all the players that they've let go is this the the best roster that the bills have had in at least recent memory and john i'll ask you this we were going down memory lane about you know being a bills fan uh and how people became bills fans in your opinion do you think this is the best roster the bills have had uh that you can remember certainly on paper uh yeah it's hard to argue otherwise um you know they they're going to have to continue to get lucky with injuries and and things like that. But man, they're they're good, right? Mm-hmm. They're really good. The 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 players that they've lost, like Harrison Phillips, Levi Wallace. I mean, then you think about all the players they brought in to replace them. You know, and and even upgraded. You know, players like they lost Jerry Hughes, but they brought in Von Miller. You know, so win right there. You know, like like they lost Levi Wallace, but you got Kyir Elam, so he might be better in the long run. You know, it's. There's a lot to like about this team. Now, I was stopped at a carnival this weekend where um, I was wearing, I was decked out with all Bill's gear. So this guy came over to talk to me uh, just randomly, super nice guy. He's like, I think you guys have a really good chance to do it this year. I said, well, that's kind of what I thought, but it's good to hear that from someone who's not a Bill's fan because he was a Cowboys fan. And he mentioned, or I mentioned to him, I'm like, it doesn't just take a great roster though. It takes health. It takes, you know, coming out, getting hot at the right time. And it also takes luck. I mean, you think about 
you know, the Bills not making the AFC championship, that almost took luck for them to not make it. You know what I mean? Like you think about the the Rams and the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Like the Bengals not, you know, the Rams winning, it took a little bit of luck. There was that holding call, you know, that took place at the end of the fourth quarter, you know, down at the, you know, in the Bengals uh, end zone. And if that doesn't happen, then they're, I'm sorry, the Rams end zone. If that, that, doesn't ha- that doesn't happen, then the, the Bengals win the Super Bowl. Like there is so many things that have to go right. So I'm like, you know, the Bills might have the best team potentially on paper of our lifetime of the entire NFL, but it's not just that, you know, like the Bills have been very fortunate with injury history the last few years, you know, and they've been lucky minus like Tredavious White is probably one of the biggest injuries I can think of in the last couple of seasons, um, which was a huge injury. Uh, but they've been lucky. They haven't really dealt with a lot of injuries. So, uh, you know, as much as, as much as I'm excited for this season, you know, I know that a lot of luck actually has to go into it. It's something I've never considered until last season. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I mean, but I mean, everything factored in, I, I do believe that this is the year that they start their 10 straight Super Bowl run. <laughs> their 10th straight Super Bowl run. Oh, this is the first time. <laughs> yeah. So the next 10 Super Bowls, they're going to ah. Okay. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure I understood the verb. I just want to make sure everyone that was listening understood that, heard that, and we'll be following along for this next 10 seasons. If we, if the Bills win a Super Bowl this season, should we just quit the podcast? Like, I feel like we've accomplished every, or would we be just ending too early? Too early? You know? What about, what about the other nine Super Bowls? <laughs> yeah. What a dumb question that was. I'm sorry. Let me f- rephrase that. Um, after the 10th Super Bowl. <laughs> No, just to see if there would be a eleven Super Bowls, you know. So, no, I uh, I always think about that because, like, we we started this podcast like, ah, oh, this would be funny, and then all of a sudden, the first year, they ended the drought, and we're like, well, we got to keep going, you know, see where this ends up. And now we joined Buffalo Rumblings, and it's been a fun ride. But like, you know, is there ever a time that like you end out on top, like John Elway, you know, or that your team won a championship? I mean, what else is there to? There's a point where you know your team is eventually going to go downhill. But anyway, I'm speaking way ahead of myself. I'm I'm just I'm caught up in the offseason. I'm caught up in Father's Day. That's that's too much. It's too much right now. I don't want to think that far ahead. Let's win the first one, right? So Bill's closing out mandatory minicamp. Uh you see uh it is hopefully I wonder if this is the end of Allen Visor season. Does he take that into training camp? I honestly can't remember if he does his visor, his cool Marvel superhero slash Power Ranger visor that he likes to use in camp. I can't remember if he takes that to training camp. Do you know if he can? I don't know if they let him because I think I think he wants to like, you know, he doesn't want to let the DBs and linebackers see his eyes during OTAs or mandatory main camp. But uh, I don't know if they want him to do that during training. I'm interested. I can't remember exactly how that works. But we do have the details for this training camp. It will be in St. John Fisher this season. Um, I remember I had Dan Fates from Channel 8 here in Buffalo Plus uh, in Rochester. And I asked him last season, I was like, hey, do, by the way, do you think that the train camp is going to come back to St. John Fisher? Because at the time, it did not seem like it was trending that way. I knew there was a deal in place. But at the same time, I mean, you know that if the Bills wanted to get out of that deal, they could have, I'm sure. Uh, and he's like, without a doubt, hundred percent, they're definitely coming back. And I'm like, really a hundred percent. Like I'd say maybe coming back, but I definitely wasn't going to put majority on it or even a hundred percent, but they're back in Rochester. John, you and I haven't talked about that since, uh, we found out the news. Um, they're coming back to Rochester. We can watch them. They're, 
literally like a town away. Um, will you, are, first of all, are you surprised that they're in Rochester? And second, are you, are you kind of excited about it? No, I'm not surprised. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know like what the future holds um, and how many more years and all that, but um, you know, I, th- I think it's good and I'm excited, you know, cause you know, obviously last year it didn't happen at all. Um, but yeah, I, I'd very much like to go this year. Yeah, same here. I'm excited. I'm surprised, but I'm excited um, to go. And I mentioned that in another episode, so I won't rehash it, but it's going to be a fun time. Were you there with us, John, when we saw Kevin Cobb slip on the mat? Were you there for that one? <laughs> that yep. was a, that's a that's like my That's like my biggest memory of the of recent of probably the St. John Fisher years is that moment. Is it? Is it? I was yeah. going to ask you if you had any. Um, because I think that's probably mine. It was Twitter even around then. That feels like it was 10 years ago was Twitter was definitely around then, Right. Like, so like, how did we even, we must've found out through Twitter what had happened because it's not like somebody comes out and is like, Hey, just so you know, the reason why uh, practice isn't going on right now is because Kevin Cobb, uh, the quarterback slipped on a mat and he, uh, he had to go to the locker room. Like we had no way of finding out. I think we, I think we figured it out while we were still there. Offense, yeah, right? I feel like it was it was either word of mouth or something in the stands. Was that one of the ga- I think that was one of the days though that like we took off from work or took a half day to go see camp and do that. Which if you look at the training camp schedule, um if you're going to want to go to an open practice, you almost have to take a half day to do it. Like and and when I say you're almost going to have to, like you will have to unless you go to the one at Highmark Stadium where they have a 5.30 p.m. one on Friday, August 5th. But, like, let me give you let, – let's give the, the listeners a quick breakdown of training camp. So training camp starts on July 24th. Tickets are available July 14th to the public. And there will be uh, – let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 – 11, 12 open practices, and they are all at 9.45 a.m., except for one that's at 11.45 a.m., and the one I just mentioned that's actually at Highmark Stadium, Return of the of the Blue and Red, Friday, August 5th, and that's at 5.30 p.m., which I mentioned earlier. They're all in the morning. They want to make it. They don't want to make it a primetime affair. Remember, it at one point um, a few years ago, it used to be a primetime affair to be able to go to a Bills game at night, you know, watch it, you know, after work or whatever. Now you have to take a day off or you have to take a morning off. Now, um, some of these are on Sunday. Um, There is, let's see, there's one, one, two, three weekend scheduled practices. You can go at at night, go to at 945 AM. But I wonder if this is just more of McDermott, just trying to make it less, I guess, make it less of a grandstand for fans try to make it less of a primetime exposure and make it more of just a regular practice that it just so happens that the public is open to but it does seem kind of odd doesn't it that like there's there's literally no primetime games there's only one at 5 30 does that seem odd to you i know it's been like that way for the last few seasons i mean you can it's, it's hard to remember because we've had two seasons of you know covid and pandemic that uh you know that don't even really count for anything so um but before that, I know McDermott kind of limited the primetime exposure. Are you still were you still kind of surprised when you saw that, John? So, I mean, if 
kind of felt to me that it's been going that way. I don't know if it's because of McDermott or not, but for a while now that like there seems to be less and less opportunities to go, like less days available mm-hmm. than there used to be. Or, I don't know if it's just in my head, but you kind of, well, what you just said kind of confirmed it a little bit, right? Yeah. I remember Sal Mirana writing an article. Sal Mirana, who blocked us on Twitter, by the way. I cannot see his art. I cannot see his tweets. He was one of the first people to block us that I remember. But um, Sal Mirana wrote an article once around this. I think it was like three or four years ago, saying that corporate sponsors weren't happy with that. They did not like the fact that they were sponsoring events that people had to take off from work to go to and actually attend. Because if you're a corporate sponsor, you want the most, you know, eyes on your uh, on your banners and your product, right? So. Uh, they weren't very happy with that, but McDermott has proven that he doesn't care about that sort of stuff and good, good on him for not caring and good on the Pagulas for not, you know, for also backing him up on that and not saying, you know, money over everything, right? They're not, they don't have the cream attitude. Cash rules everything around me. You know, they don't have that. So it's good to see that the, that's doing that. So, um, those are the, uh, let's see, I'll put that in the show notes. I know it's on buffalorumblings.com somewhere. Um, but I'll post an article, a link to the article that says this. But July 24th, Sunday, July 24th, the first day of training camp, and it is an open practice. So if I were to go to an open practice, I mean, Sunday is going to be the best, of course. But if I have a day off to burn or a half day to burn, I'm going to take, a, even if you're in Buffalo, man, take a half day. You know, you could, well, it might be tough to be a half day and get back to Buffalo in time for the, the afternoon day. But um I'm taking that Monday off instead, or maybe even the Wednesday off right after. So uh, that's the time to go. Because when you and I would go to games, we would never pick the primetime games to go to. We would always take like a half day or a full day off to go to these practices because um, just the ability to get so much closer, get better seats, uh, you can just see the players up close. That's where I think I got most of my, I think that's where I got Trent Edwards' autograph was a day that we took off. You remember that? I think so. Yeah. Was that the, the, deep fried Oreo cookie day or was that a different day? Yes, I think it was. I think that was the same day. Did you get it? You got the deep fried think, Oreo? No, I, th- I think you did. Oh, did I? I don't even remember that. I now think you saw- said it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I went into a coma after that, apparently. Like I just went, it's just like, it's like Will Ferrell in old school. I just like, what just happened? <laughs> You're like, oh, you said that deep fried Oreo. I did. I did. Okay. It sounds like my wife. She's just like, don't you remember that just happened last week? I'm like, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, so that is the Bills training camp schedule. Um, I, uh, John, do you want to do Jordan Poyer first, or do you want to do stats? I'm going to talk a little Jordan Poyer. Actually, what what did you say to get blocked? Oh, so, oh, nice. You're bringing up the drama. I like it. People like a little drama. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that, John. Um, we might get into a little drama later. Uh, so this is this is just a prep of that. Potentially, we'll see if we have time. Um, so Sal, this was before we had hardly any followers at all, and you know I'm following just the Buffalo media, and obviously Sal is one of those guys. I mean, we live in the Rochester area, so we've always known Sal. Sal, his work, you know, at the at the him, Leo Roth, um, Scott. <sighs> why can't I think of his name? Scott Panowski, Pawowski, Scott Petoniak. Thank you. Jeez, I couldn't think of it off the top of my head. So we're we're used to those guys. So I followed him, and he wrote something to the effect of, you know, I was, it's 7.02, and I'm parked in a non, like a towing, or like a, 
like an illegal spot, basically. And he's saying, and I already got a ticket for it two minutes after seven o'clock. He's like, that's why nobody goes out in the city. And I was in my twenties or whatever, thirties or whatever. I was just like, that's not, oh, okay. Thanks, Sal. Thanks for telling us why nobody goes out in our city. (laughs) I was basically just telling him like, you know, what a thing to use Twitter for. Like you're obviously wrong. You stayed past the time that you said you're, it wasn't like you got a ticket early. You got a ticket after the time so they can, John, have you ever gotten uh, a parking ticket before? I think maybe once, maybe once. Was it like right after, or was it a while after you weren't supposed to be parking? There was a days after, <laughs> did you park at the wrong side? I don't remember. It might've been a while because I was not, in the area for like, I, I don't know if I like crashed somewhere else and came back or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've gotten one before, like while getting lunch, right? Like, like while parking in a, in a street in the city and there was like a line of cars that were illegally parked. I'm like, well, I'm just going to do this too. <laughs> so I'm just going to go and pick up my sub. Right. So I went to this place down here, like took no more than five minutes. Cause I ordered ahead of time. Uh, five minutes later, you know, come back and there's a ticket on my car. I'm like, son of a gun. But you know what I thought? As soon as I did that, I'm like, well, that was a gamble I took and I lost that gamble. And Sal Marana didn't take that, didn't take that sort of attitude. So I had a, I said something to him. I wasn't rude. I didn't say anything hurtful or anything like that. I'm just like, well, you kind of did. And I don't really think that that's why people aren't going out in downtown. Like, I think there's a lot more reasons if that's why you think. I don't think it's because you got a parking ticket two minutes after. <laughs> so I said that, and then I was instantly blocked. It was a very thin-skinned sort of response. It wasn't like we could have gone back. We could have gone back and forth about it, and he could have convinced me. I'm open-minded. I wasn't like, hey, listen, dirtbag. Like, this is, you know, don't talk about it. I don't care. But anyway, so I had a disapproving opinion. You didn't like it. Um, I've talked to other friends that have been blocked by Selmirana for replying something to that effect. And uh, so it's not just me. It's not just us. It's not just CT dubs over here that's getting blocked. It's it's more than... So if you have a story about getting blocked by Sal Marana, <laughs> email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. Um, Jordan Poyer or stats? What are you thinking? You want to talk Jordan Poyer? Let's do Jordan Poyer, okay? So we're talking with John, my co-host throughout the season and part of the off-season. He has come on. We First, we were talking about some Father's Day stuff, some training camp stuff. Now we're going to talk about Jordan Poyer. And so the, it's ba- basically this is, you know, you and I have been talking about this being the best roster in recent memory for the Buffalo Bills. And one of the things that I find interesting is the biggest elephant in the room, the biggest thing that can stop this team besides injury is a contract dispute. And the biggest potential contract dispute comes from one of their best players in Jordan Poyer, all pro safety. Uh, he just got a, a power agent, uh, Drew Rosenhaus, probably, at least in my opinion, the most familiar uh, sports agent that I know of uh, and to, to the general population, I'd say. And you don't get a an agent like that unless you plan on getting a new contract, in my opinion. So part of me wonders, John, and and I think I know the answer to this, but I want to talk it out with you, is do you think that, I mean, Jordan Poyer did attend mandatory minicamp. I mean, it's mandatory. He had to, or he would have gotten fined every day. Uh, Do you think that the hiring of Drew Rosenhaus means that there will be a contract extension, or do you think he's preparing for next season? Or do you think this is for something, an immediate move one way or another for Jordan Poyer? I mean, it could be either right um you know 
at the most he's got if nothing happens he's got one season left right so he could be preparing for that and but maybe he wants the extension probably mm-hmm. so you know it could be both right he could be trying to do something short term but if something doesn't work out they can he can still um you know prepare for next year i so they just released Jake Kumro this past weekend too. They just re-signed him right after that. So they wanted oh, to Oh, they're they're definitely extending Poyer then. That's that's gotta be <laughs> you texted us over the weekend. Somehow I got to get the less the listeners into a group chat or a Slack channel or something, but um your text was just like the oh yeah, Poyer market. It's done. Pull your extension. It's going to happen. Uh, they just released it. They just say they probably saved like what? Like $1 million, right? It's just like Jordan Poyer extension coming. Because <laughs> right now he's scheduled to make roughly like $10 million altogether. Not some of that he obviously already got like, you know, as part of the signing bonus or whatever, uh, you know, roster bonus and what whatnot. But, um, you know, Matt Warren of BuffaloRumblings.com had him like listed basically like a, a two-year extension, which is basically like, uh, a raise in this season up to f- from 10 to 15 million and then another 15 million year on top of that. So it's going to be interesting to see how training camp plays out because in my opinion, what I think happens is one of two things is the bills either extend him or they trade him before that. There's no, I don't think there's any way that he plays under his current contract for 2022. I just don't see him doing that. I mean, you don't get drew Rosenhaus if you plan to, stay. So if you ask me what's the most likely of those two scenarios, then I would say the extension is more likely than him getting traded because, uh, you know, Brandon Bean has brought up a culture and has, and has basically made this locker room accountable to the, to the fact that like, if you play hard and you work hard and you're part of this team culture, uh, you know, we'll, we'll reward you. You'll be a staple in the locker room. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, John, because I think that Jordan Poyer is one of the main staples of that roster, not only from a standpoint of he's a first-team All-Pro, so obviously he's super talented, but in the fact that um, he seems like a culture guy through and through. He seems like a guy that, you know, both him and Micah Hyde, they're just like perfect for this team from a culture standpoint and from a fact of like bringing in the younger guys and and, you know, making sure that being a leader on the team, I, I mean, the, he just seems to check so many boxes on of just of like what Brandon Bean, if he were to extend a player, who would it be? And I think I could see it being Jordan Poyer and Jordan Poyer has one year left. Like you mentioned on his contract, he's 30. He's going to be he's 31 this year. He's not going to get a chance at another contract like this. He has to strike while the iron's hot. And the best you're ever going to do is all pro. You're never going to get better than that. So he's either going to either get worse, which is more likely, or he's going to stay the same and make another all pro season. Or even if he goes from first, first team all pro to second team all pro, you know, it's technically not the best, but it's still really good. But, you know, you know what I mean? So I think that an extension could be possible. I thought they'd moved all the money that they could possibly move around. Apparently I was wrong. Apparently Jake Kumro could be the tip of the iceberg. There could be more, you know, restructures or, or whatever. I don't think that they're going to release people. I think they did all of that already. Um, that's kind of what I see an extension happening at some point. I believe Tredavious White's extension happened in August, a couple of seasons ago. I think they all happened around that time. Um, John, what do you think about that? Pull your extension. Um, I'm leaning more towards that way than, than I was just, uh, I feel like he just, a, just even a week ago. Yeah. I've, I've always kind of 
had been thinking extension. I mean, okay, Drew Rosenhaus, whatever, but you're forgetting that Brandon Bean is a wizard. We Mike, Mike, our co-host Mike during the season coined him the Wizard of Orchard Park. Just another new nickname, right? The Wizard of Orchard Park. Do you like that one? Like that nickname? I know Big Baller Bean is an amazing nickname, but what do you think the Wizard of Orchard Park? Yeah, I mean he 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 deserves to have many nicknames. <laughs> Email us, text us. Well, not text us because you, you don't have our numbers, but like email us, <laughs> DM us. If you think of any better nicknames for Brandon Bean, I had an interview with um, a gentleman, uh, Justice Radford on the Buffalo Fanbase Podcast Network, John, and he came up with an amazing, he didn't even try to, came up with a nickname for Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, like the safety duo. Like, wouldn't you like an, a cool nickname for those two guys, right? Like specifically, like they're they're the best two safeties I think the Bills have ever had in my lifetime um, with those guys. And we've had some good safeties back there, but those, that tandem is amazing. And he called them just ran. He's like, Oh, you know, the safety net you have in Jordan Poyer and, and Micah Hyde. And I'm just like safety net. Oh my God. Like that's an amazing nickname. What do you think about that? Thoughts on that nickname? It's one of the few things that we're good at. in this podcast is coming up with nicknames. What do you think about that one? Uh, certainly better than like, you know, third and Dean or something that doesn't make any sense. Don't, I feel like Michael Scott right now to Dwight. Like, don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't you bring up third and Cole right now. We are having such a fun episode. We're having such a fun conversation. And then you have to go and do that. It's just, I ha- I did have someone come and ask me though. Andrew uh, from the Wandering Buffalo podcast asked me, what are you guys going to do now since your best nickname, third and Cole, can't be used anymore? Is it going to be third and Shakir? That's really awful if that was our best nickname. <laughs> See, you know what? The more you dig your feet in, John, the more people like Third and Cole, I'm convinced. So you just keep doing it, man. But it's over. It's gone. And I was like, Third and Shakir, like, that just doesn't make any sense. Like, that's <laughs> like Third and Cole was, you know, a gray area, but it just sounded amazing. It just rolled off the tongue. But Third and Shakir. So then somebody on Twitter was like, hey, how about this Shakir and Bake? Like, Shake and Bake? I'm like, that, that might have some legs. That's not bad. That's not bad. So we're nothing else. Uh, we don't watch film. We don't do too much research. We don't overanalyze things. We come up with decent nicknames. I think that's some of the things that we're good at. So uh, Shakir and Bake, I like. I like. I think we can move. Let's wait till we see him on the field, though, before I give him a nickname. There might be something better for him. So Jordan Poyer, potential extension in the next month or two. Let's hope. Let's hope the Bills keep that safety tandem together, that safety net together for the next two seasons because Micah Hyde is uh, – is signed through uh, 2023. Now, John, during the season, we do stats of the game as part of our in-game game recap template for the Buffalo Bills games during the season. Um, you were just, you must have just been on pro football reference, man. You were just just doling out the stats like over text. And I, at one point I had to stop you and like, these are all good. You got to save it for the podcast this weekend. So um, there were some really cool ones this weekend, and um, I have my I have my my phone. Do you, why don't you go read um, some of the the ones that are on there? Because uh, I think you had some really good ones, or one of the ones I guess you can read them all off. I mean, I think they're all really good stats. Or you can leave, uh, or you could read the ones that like are the most interesting to you. Because you have about right. twenty of them. So I, I would give you a quiz, but you already know the answers, so. Be- <laughs> Wouldn't be that great. Actually, I haven't um, looked at the text in a couple of days, so you want to do me do a quiz right now? I, I didn't even really 
read the first few sentences. So go ahead. Hit me. Uh, all right. Maybe, maybe not for this first one. Okay. Because <laughs> these, these first two you're going to – because we just talked about it before anyway. Uh, all right. So Josh Allen is tied with Cookie Gilchrist for the third most rushing touchdowns in Bill's history. Third most rushing touchdowns already? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I guess – so, like, the Bills, have like, throughout their history, they've had a lot of 1,000-yard rushers, but they cycle through running backs a lot, too. So I guess I could see that, you know, like every couple, couple three years they have a new, new running back. Mm-hmm. But but it is pretty crazy that your quarterback. <laughs> that is crazy. Is so most. it's got to be Thomas and Simpson, right, that are one and two, right? Right. Yep. So he's already passed within, like, what is this? This is his fifth season? He's already passed, surpassed Fred Jackson, like good running backs that have gone through. I mean, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, I'm trying to think of Travis Henry. Um, yeah, wow. Interesting. Kenny Davis even? Jeez. I, I can't think of any other. So, which, <laughs> so this next one is, is, is a little bit more, I don't know what you call it, mind-blowing or funny or what, but Allen only needs eight more rushing yards to pass Devin Singletary on the franchise all-time list for rushing yards. <laughs> That's so. I mean, Allen did have does have one more season than Singletary, but like he's a quarterback. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Devin Singletary has been like you know he hasn't had like a, he's not like the full-time rusher, so I can kind of see that. But that's. Yeah, I mean, still. but even e- even running backs by committee around the league that occur, the quarterback is not matching the stats. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like Matthew Stafford isn't close to uh, whoever the Rams run Cam Akers or whatever. I can't think of the Rams running back, but whoever the Rams running back is, I need a better example than that. Like Ben Roethlisberger isn't close to what like Najee Harris is doing. Like he was just he was like just eight yards off from his last season. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen. That's pretty crazy. You think Devin Singletary has a Big year. This is a contract year for Devin Singletary. You think he comes on strong this season? Yeah, I think, well, I still like Singletary. Uh, I think, I mean, they're going to continue with a committee, I think, and I think they're going to definitely work cooking a lot with his uh, pass-catching ability. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they how they work it all out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the days of the lead running back are pretty much over, right? Like, I mean, every team has a running back by committee. It feels like, but doesn't it feel better? I feel like with the coaching staff now, we have no idea what Ken Dorsey's going to do at all because he has no track record as an offensive coordinator in the NFL. But remember when I think it was Chan Gailey and the Bills had CJ Spiller and Fred Jackson, and like his approach essentially was not game dependent or game script dependent or. He's just like, Fred gets two series and CJ gets two series. And then they just basically go back and forth. And I'm, and looking back at that right now, now that we've actually had success, at the time you're like, okay, I guess it makes sense. But now looking back at it, you're just like, like, what was this guy thinking? Like, you know, is this, is this Pop Warner or is this the NFL? You know, it seems like such an elementary way. And I like Changeli a lot. It's just um, like, wow, that was like the brain trust behind our Bills team. You know, in the two thousands, that just seems. Yeah. Do you remember? Like, was it who? Who did they alternated quarterback every other game? Wasn't it like Holcomb and Van Pelt or something? Like every other game, the other oh, one would start wow. or something weird like that. Yeah, you're talking like two. Was that before Bledsoe or after Bledsoe? In that time, right after him. I think it was after. After right? that's right, because Lossman and Holcomb were on the same. 
yeah, and Lawsman was after Bledsoe. He was brought in to replace Bledsoe. Yeah, yes. Weird, right? <laughs> I mean, that kind of, I think that was probably after the season was done and they're just like, let's see what happens, you know? And <laughs> uh, we are not in that place, John. Like, can we all just take a quick reminder to thank the fact that the drought is over, that we're not always looking November in the face and just be like, well, let's see what uh, what the best top 10 draft picks are, you know, draft prospects are, you know, and, and hope that they can somehow pan out and start for us because our team is so bad. We need them to start for us and be really good. It's mid-October. We're looking at mock drafts. <laughs> the Bills are already like three and eight or three and six. Or you're like, there's no way they're coming back from this. If they went out at three and six, okay, just hear me out, man. Like how many times did we have that as Bills fans? Hear me out, man. All right, they're three and six. They went out. They go 10 and six. Maybe they lose one game. <laughs> they lose one game. Go to nine and seven. Everyone else loses. They get to the playoffs. <laughs> Only those three things need to happen, and then they're good. They're in. <laughs> so what else do you got for us? What other stats? Do you have a quiz? Oh, uh, sure. Here here we go. Who is the Buffalo Bills single season record holder for receiving touchdowns? Single season? Just one season. Uh, Eric Moult. No. He's not tied or anything. He stands alone. Stands alone. Is it Andre Reid? No. That would be too easy. Do I know the number? Did I tell you the number already? No. It's 11. 11. I don't know why that would help me. Because <laughs> I, already, I already know the names. I'd be like, oh, yeah, 11. Of course. You know, uh, well, it, Peerless I find Price. It, I find it interesting, right? So they've had, like, you know, Kelly or Bledsoe or, or Allen and that, but they've all tended to spread the ball around. So, like, a lot, like, 11's not a lot for a franchise history. Oh, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs had 11. Nope. Last year. Nope. <laughs> John, are you sure these stats are correct that you're reading? You sounded pretty confident on that last <laughs> one. I'm I... double checking it right now. <laughs> I was on a podcast this last week, the man or the the caveman podcast, and he was doing I suck, man. He did this quiz portion of it, and I was probably the worst score that this guy's ever had on. He's like, who's the Bears head coach? And I'm like, I have no freaking clue who the Bears head coach is. I was like, I have enough problems just keeping up with all the Bills news. I can't can't be in charge of who the Bears head coach is? Yeah, uh, Diggs had 10 this last year. 10. I thought it was 11 the season before. And I remember the Caveman. I thought Caveman said that it was 11 before. But maybe it was 9 before? And I'm mistaken. Anyway, um, give me an era. Give me some I'll hints. Gi- yeah, I'll, I'll give you another hint. You haven't given me one hint. Give me another hint. You said it's not Stefan Diggs. It's not Andre Reid. It's not Eric Moulds. By the way, while you're looking this up, shout out to the Caveman Podcast for having me on. I didn't want to make it sound like I wasn't grateful. I mean, it was a really, really fun episode. I I recommend everyone check it out. I believe it's only on YouTube at this time. But um, but yeah, check out the Caveman Podcast with Michael. Um, that was a fun time. That was a fun time. He uh, We did a quiz portion of it where like, it's kind of like Jeopardy where you can you know, find out or you can ask or you can you know, say how, if you want an easy medium or hard question and i just pick the wrong one every time and i just realized i don't know a whole lot about uh about the uh the nfl as much as i thought i do it wasn't bill specific it was more the nfl so uh it's interesting though it was really it was a fun time so okay, okay. Hint, so your, yep. your next hint is the quarterback was jim kelly 
Okay. The quarterback was Jim Kelly. Um, who could have had a better season than Andre? Oh, James Lofton. Incorrect. <laughs> Dom Beebe. No. Wow. He had better receivers than that. Those were my go-to guys. Was it earlier or later in his career? Later. Uh, was it a receiver or a tight end? No, it was a receiver, right? It wasn't like a tight I, end. I didn't, I didn't say, but it, it is a receiver. Okay. It's not like Billy Brooks or something like that, is it? You got it. Is it really? Yep. <laughs> what happened to him? How come that didn't pan out? Well, it was actually towards the end of his career too, right? Because he was with the Colts all those years. Oh, before that's we right. Got him. That's right. We traded for him or we picked him up in free agency or something, right? Yeah. We had him for three years, and I think he spent a year with like Washington or somebody. Hmm. Good quiz. Good quiz. You got any more stats for us or – Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting. We go off on the tangents. And I forget about the other stats. <laughs> we should just name this podcast Circling the Tangents. <laughs> but wait, does that even make sense? Because how do you circle tangents? Maybe that's the perfect name for our podcast instead of Circling Away. Circling that, the that's the best nickname yet, let me tell you. <laughs> well, you know, besides Third and Cole, but yeah. <laughs> Agree right, to disagree. So- <laughs> <laughs> So the closest active player to Bruce Smith's 200 all-time sack record is Von Miller. In the NFL or for the Buffalo Bills? I mean, just in the NFL. So so the Bruce Smith's number for all the NFL, 200 sacks, best all-time. Von Miller has 115 and a half, which is the next closest active player Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. career sacks. Okay. So he's got a ways to go, Mm -hmm. but it can be done. Oh, yeah. In the next six years, hopefully, with the Buffalo Bills. Six-year contract, man. So six years, if he has 115, you said? Or 115 and a half? He has 115 and a half, yeah. So he needs 84 and a half divided by six seasons. That math I can't do in my head. 14 sacks a season. 14.1 sacks per season. (laughs) And he's got it. He's got it. Actually, if he, you know what, maybe, maybe we just want him to get 199. So we oh, can yeah. Past, past Reggie White, but before Bruce Smith. You know. I feel like the last five years of Bruce Smith's career don't count because he was with the Redskins. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> as much as he I was love still Bruce productive. Smith. Like, he, he'd still, like, his, he was 40 years old. He still got like five sacks or something crazy. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> it's impressive. Remember when we, uh, we talked to him at the Lago Resort and Casino? Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. It sounded right now that just sounded like Chris Farley doing his interview thing. He's like, Hey, remember that time? He has Paul McCartney on. Be like, Hey, Paul, remember that time that you wrote that song? He's like, Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> remember that time you and I got something autographed by Bruce Smith because we thought brought something and Mike totally forgot. He did. He's like, I didn't think we'd actually do it. Or you guys didn't tell me till the day before. I'm like, well, John brought something. I said, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, if I, I didn't have any, I would have had him sign like clothes on my body or sign anything. I anything, care. right? I wouldn't care. Anything. Yeah. I just brought a hat that I had just bought from training camp or whatever. Yeah. He could sign on my arm and I could get it tattooed over it. Ooh, that's a good I wish I thought of that now. Ah, oh, that's a good Or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. 
let's say because you you pointed to your forearm right there right so you think it like you would have them sign your forearm you wouldn't have them sign like your upper arm right like not your tri or bi or whatever like just your shoulder just like your, my chest, your chest. <laughs> well you'd want them to like sign it so like you could see it in the mirror and it would well i don't know how does that work you, you if you every time you look in the mirror you would be backwards you'd be like ah man you could never actually look at it well like you'd have to look down Every time, like, just like the same thing, like with your, with your forearm, right? You'd have to, you'd always have to, he'd have to sign it, like, so you could look at it every time you read it, right? Like, you wouldn't want him to sign it as he's looking at it, because you'd be like, oh, man, like, sign it upside down. Okay, I'm getting off on it. Yeah, I mean, I still haven't washed my hands since I shook his hand, so. (laughs) When did we, when did we meet him again? It was like three years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, this has been, Oh, John, do you want to talk? We were talking about drama and Sal Marana blocking us on Twitter. Um, do you want to hear a little bit more drama from the weekend? Do you have time? Who doesn't like drama? Everyone loves hearing drama, right? Hey, for you, I got all the time in the world. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> thanks. They, they don't. <laughs> that's what she said. So they, uh, they said that like it's 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 one thing to be part of drama. No one wants to be part of drama, but everyone likes watching from the sidelines, right? Like eating that popcorn in the comment section. So I'll tell you one thing that happened. You probably saw it. I know because you follow us, obviously. By the way, if you're not following John, you should follow him on Twitter at JB Go Bills. Like one of the best follows on there. So uh, I'm not that interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So um, <laughs> we were <laughs> accurate. Um, so. <laughs> Wait, did you mean on the podcast or on Twitter? What did Correct. you mean? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I love you, man. I uh <laughs> so on Twitter, uh or I shouldn't say on Twitter. Yes, I did see it on Twitter. There's a uh, an account that follows us, which I'm not gonna name the account because it's already done and over with, but it was like a generic Bills fan account. Like, like you know, there are some people that just like all of a sudden take up like Bills Mafia of Sioux Falls or something like that, you know? Like all of a sudden they become that person. If you just have a generic logo, people are like, oh, I'll follow you, you know? Like I'm just like circling the wagons. It's just like a generic podcast. Like, oh, I'll follow you. Like maybe they'll have some interesting tweets, right? Um, by the way, follow us if you're not following us on Twitter. It's a TW pod. Uh, so all of a sudden I check out this guy's or this girls or whoever it is um, tweet and they have a few thousand followers. And it said, are you interested in this? It's Von Miller time, right? It's like, who wants this shirt? You know, let me know who wants it. Right. Say want it to this, to this post. And I look at this shirt and I'm like, that's our shirt. Like that's our T public shirt. So for those that don't know, we have a T public store, which is basically, it's this really cool store. Um, if you guys are ever interested, DM me, I'll help you figure it out. But like you basically just create designs for Buffalo bills and then they handle all the printing and the delivering and whatever. Like you make a small cut of like every single shirt. Like, it's not a lot of money. Like I'm not gonna lie, but like, you know, it's a cool thing to do. It's a fun thing to do. I have a graphic designer, Nick, who does an amazing job with these. He does a lot of them, you know, either from scratch or he like does a lot of actual design. Like on my own, I'll do like my own text ones that are just, you know, that are fun to do. But like he does like actual player designs. And this was one where he combined Miller time, with you know von miller and he shows a, a graphic of von miller it's a cool graphic it's one of our best-selling shirts and he just said who wants it and what what that person was doing was saying you know dm me and i'll d you know check your inbox out you know so basically he was going to tweet a link to it because you couldn't find it on his t-shirt page so he had his own t-shirt page i check it out 
he's got one of our other designs that includes like one of my five-year-olds at the time, like drawing of Josh Allen. Right. So I'm like, he's lifting these, these designs off of it. I check his Instagram account. They are, you know, selling it on there too. And it's for a way marked up cost. Not even what we sell for on T public. It's way more expensive than that. It's like $30 a t-shirt something ridiculous. And so I messaged the guy as you would, John, you know, you message a guy and like, Hey, you know, I noticed that you're doing it. You know, if you could, if you could take those off, I'd really appreciate it because they're definitely ours. Like it's not even up for discussion because I asked Nick, our designer to, on every single image that we do to put at CTW pod on everyone somewhere in the graphic. So people would have to do some, some work whatsoever if they wanted to like modify it and use it on their own site. And this person had RC at CTW pod, like it's still on the drawings. Like this is definitely ours. So I messaged that person and uh, they ended up just blocking me right after. <laughs> like, so there wasn't anything I could do. So I went to Twitter. I said, Hey, shout out to this site for ripping to at least two of our designs that we know of from our T public store. They also, John, they also ripped a 26 shirts design. Um, they also ripped the choose love that black t-shirt that uh, Buffalo bills uh, was, that the Buffalo Bills were, you know, giving away for all the profits going to charity. Like this person was doing all making money off of everyone's work. They didn't have any of their own designs on it. And uh, so I called it out and Twitter Bills fans, Bills community in general came out and helped uh, report that I didn't expect them to do this, but they reported the Twitter account so that their Twitter account got suspended. The tweet got taken down. Um, their, their site right now, people were actually emailing the site and saying, Hey, these are, you know, copyright images or, or something, the effect of that. These are stolen images, not just from us, but from 26 shirts and Buffalo bills. And they got it taken down. Um, yeah. And all that stuff. So it was kind of cool to see like, you know, bills, bills fans, uh, you know, supporting us and, you know, obviously 26 shirts and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's not a huge thing, but like, you know, the guy that I work with, Nick, who's been on the podcast before. He's our graphic designer. He did our podcast logo. The guy's super talented. He spends hours on these designs, so it sucks to have someone just rip them and then just profit off of them. So uh, thanks to anyone that did that, to whoever spread the information. Uh, it blew up at one point uh, on Friday or Thursday. I can't remember last week. Uh, appreciate everyone that did that. It's always fun when uh, Bill's Mafia can rally around something. That seems like a good, seems like a good cause. Uh, for the most part. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've taken some of the profits and we've given it to charities too. So it obviously not at the same aspect of 26 shirts or, or that choose love shirt, but you know, we've definitely, you know, given back to Oshai children's hospital and stuff like that. So we appreciate everyone that's ever supported us for that. And uh, yeah, so got it. So yeah, man, the, 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 the Twitter beef, the Twitter drama ended up uh, going, uh, going the CT dubs way for once. Man, we ended up because I've been on the other side too. I haven't stolen any images, but man, I have pissed some people off on Twitter. So this was this was good to be on this side of it. What do you think for the sidelines, John? What do you think? Do you think I was asking too much? I think it was a little weird, or you think like, oh, that person just got was coming to him? No, it, no, I, you handled it well. I thought. Uh, did Did you uh, tweet Sal and see what he thought? <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to see. I handled. So let's just go back to this. I handled that whole debacle where somebody was basically stealing from me with less, uh, with less um, crabbiness or grouchiness than Sal did about getting a parking ticket, which he felt that the city was stealing from him. I'm sure, but um, hey, 
It's just the <laughs> to me to me again. I'll say this about Sal, and I know he'll never come on the podcast, so this is, doesn't bother me whatsoever. Um, Do you think he would remember though? Like, oh, he would. I uh, he seems like a curmudgeonly guy. Like he would remember that. He he seems. I remember listening. I mean, you have to you'd have to contact him a different way though, not through Twitter. Oh, I tried really. to contact him a different way. I tried to email him and say, hey, you know. Hey, you know, I know this has happened. Would you be interested in coming on the podcast? No response back. It doesn't mean that he, you know, replies to all those emails or anything like that. So he's I'm like, okay, he's definitely taking this either seriously or he just doesn't care. He's just a little grouchy. So, uh, but my point being that, you know, I handled that with better, uh, with a, with a better, um, it's a word I want to say, a healthier attitude than Sam did about the parking ticket is my point. If there's nothing else you get out of this podcast, it's that, you know, I don't mind paying for a parking ticket that, you know, I, I, I definitely owe. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, appreciate anyone that came to, came to the aid of Twitter. Um, you know, there were several people, Dominic, Crystal, all those people, all those folks that said that, um, I know that the, I'm sure Dell appreciates it. Um, I know he did appreciate it actually. So, um, and I have nothing but respect for Dell. I mean, what Dell does with 26 shirts is otherworldly compared to the small, you know, nickel and dime stuff that we do at t public but if you want to check out t public store we have a really cool design coming out (laughs) you know the 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 small little store that we have but if you want to check it out tpublic.com slash stores slash ctw pod john we have a design coming out it is one of my favorite designs i'm sure it'll get ripped by at least five different other places (laughs) but did you ever notice that i don't know if you remember that john but like when the choose love shirt did come out and you know what a what a thing to to profit off of, by the way, like that shirt specifically, which was like of the shooting at the top supermarket. Like, come on, like that was, if there's ever a thing to profit off of, it shouldn't be like the 11 people losing their lives. You know what I mean? It's just anyway. So, um, we, uh, under that tweet, like where they showed, you know, people like, like the players coming in to, you know, put flowers on the ground for the people that lost their lives. Like they're all wearing those black choose love shirts. And then like you saw in the comments, like these bots, like these t-shirt bots were putting up choose love on like, you know, here, get the shirt here, get the shirt here, get the shirt here. And it was just like this really sad way of <laughs> trying to get people to buy shirts. And to the point where I think it was either Michelle Girardi Zumwalt or, um, someone within the organization saying Buffalo Bills PR, maybe even saying we're working on making a shirt because everyone wanted it. Don't buy them from those from you know the fake sites. Wait till we make one, which should be soon. Like that's how much these people. Like I have the one I told you I created where like it's the Josh Allen potato that he drew, but I have my son's you know five year old Josh drawing Josh Allen drawing, you know riding the 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 buffalo right. And like, I just put that up there and like, and then people were selling my son's five-year-old drawing on the site because it started to get some traction over Twitter, you know, like, it's just such a weird thing. People are like, oh, it's a cool, that's a cool design that your son did or whatever. Like I would buy that. And then people are like, here, you can find it here. I'm like, dude, like that's my son's drawing. Like you're literally ripping it off and trying to sell it for a profit. I I don't know. It's a crazy time. It's a crazy time. But anyways, tpublic.com slash doors slash ctw pod we have a cool design i think i'm gonna break it out this week we have like new designs coming out each week coming into train camp this one's called the winter soldier okay and that's my marvel nickname for josh yellen for this season because it has the visor on it and he's got the uh, vibranium arm like uh, the winter soldier in uh like bucky in uh in the marvel uh universe so i thought that was pretty cool 
uh, it was a cool design I talked with. Uh, a gentleman brought it up on Twitter, and I had mentioned it with my designer guy, Nick, who's a huge Marvel fan, and we ended up making it work. I think you guys are going to like it a lot. So uh, this was a really cool episode. John, thank you so much for coming on, talking Father's Day, talking stats, talking, uh, geez, everything, reminiscing and uh, everything else like this, man. Love you. <laughs> I love you too. Um, appreciate all you guys listening. Signing off for John. Go Bills. This is the year. <laughs> for me, Nate, I look forward to all 10 Super Bowl titles. Go Bills. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>